Welcome, 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 everybody, to an episode of the Levers Pod. I am here with Tej. Uh, we're, we're sans Chris today, um, and we're just going to get into a couple topics that have happened over the past uh, month or so in the crypto market. So, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, Tej, you got anything to say? Nah, bro. I'm just blessed to be here. Got a little burnt in the sun, swam in the river, or without Chris, which is lovely. Yeah, you, you look like you got some color. What's the weather out? Uh, weather like right now, dude? It's nice in the valley. It's been it's been very cold. You know, I think this global heating thing is a bit of a scam. Um, <laughs> but today was it was sunny. Took a bike ride. Went for a swim. Met my new neighbors. You know, life is good. Life is good in a hamlet of Stuyvesant. Amazing, amazing, dude. Well. It's been a, it's been good in uh, in in uh, the, my world too, in the world of NFTs, and we'll get into that. So I guess the <laughs> the first thing the first thing here is uh, Moonbird. So um, I don't know how much you know about this one. I'm sure you like saw it on Twitter and stuff, but bro, I know about fucking Moonbirds. Yeah, what do you? Uh, you don't live under a rock. What what do you what do you think about it? Bullish, bearish, neutral. I don't know, dude. It, it's it break it breaks my models of the world is, is what I'll say. How so? I mean I don't know. It just seems like it seems like just like a terrible art project that for whatever reason <laughs> all the wealthiest crypto people decided to converge upon and then ponzi each other and now they're dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, so Let's look at this. It got up to it. So it broke records for volume um, and and price, I'm pretty sure. Right. And uh, the first day, the day of mint, it did 36,000 ETH in volume. So what is that? 36,500. I don't even know what's ETH price right now. What is it? It's like 3,200. I think 3K basically. It's about basically 3K. Okay. So first day it did 100, 110 million in trading volume, US in dollars. I mean, this is why this is why people hate crypto. <laughs> yeah, it's like where's all this money coming from? But <laughs> but the, I guess the I don't know the the if like what there is to back this claim, but it's like definitely what everyone's saying is that a lot of um, institutions bought this project, and so. They just were sweeping the fuck out of the floor and it just kept flying and flying. Like, um, why, why do you reckon like do you reckon this is like a like a first entry into NFTs for institutions? And if so, why the hell this project? Yeah, that's that's what people are saying. And I think it's just because it's like the perfect formula. I mean, honestly, I was trying to get one on the mint day. Um because to me, I was like, this is the most no brainer thing to go to hundred K. Like this is like the most obvious trade if you can get it for a decent price. Um, and I missed it cause I went to fucking church on Easter, you know, but <laughs> it was like, it was like 30 K when I left and then it was, I don't know, 70 K when I got back or something, but like the, you know, so it's, so it's Kevin Rose, obviously who, um, founded dig, but even more like relevant is that he did, he founded proof collective. Right. And these mint, these were like a normal mint. Like I think they minted for one ETH or something. I mean semi-normal mint you know it's a it's a low what, supply what the, what, the hell, are, what the hell is proof collective so this is like his um basically like the way he describes it is he 
Bankless actually had a really good podcast with them, but like they, um, most people like sell a profile pick NFT and then like try to build out a community based around it. And he wanted to do it the other in uh, the opposite way. Mm -hmm. So okay. like the proof yeah, collective yeah. is, yeah. And so what they did was they did a really good job at attracting like serious art collectors. So like one of one, like X copy, like people, like people who like that shit, you know? And um, the utility that they gave those people was basically like a, a private discord, but um, they have like a real research team that, that like does these kind of deep dive analyses and just like quick summary stuff, but also deep dive analyses of, um, on specific artists. And like, here's who this person is. Here's why they're culturally relevant. And um, they're, they targeted like, long-term investor types um mm. and they they successfully like captured the attention of that you know demographic in the market and um and then from that they gave all of the people who had one of the proof passes they gave them two whitelists or no they gave them two free moonbirds and then so the proof pass is a thousand supply the moonbirds is 10k supply and they already had this diehard community they had the, the price of these was already at, I think, 75 ETH when Moonbirds came out. Um, and so he had done like a wildly successful NFT project. He's a successful founder, super well connected. He has like a huge podcast about NFTs. Um, he had taken his time to like really understand the space. And so it was just like a no brainer play. But uh, it even with all that considered, like it exceeded everybody's expectations, you know. So the deal with Proof Collective is basically instead of um, NFT first, community second, they build a community through sort of like, um, um, I don't know, in, insights into art and tracking of sort of culture and individual artists. And once they built this community, then they gave this community whitelisted access to Moonbirds. Yes, exactly. I feel like what's interesting about this is like, I've seen this in a few projects and, you know, I'm no NFT expert, as you know, but I feel like if you get into the right project, right. Um, and you, you, you basically get, you get exclusivity into other projects. And if you, if you, for whatever reason have happened into the right project, like you're kind of good, you know, like, like DJ apes, for example, right. Like if you got an ape, like, and you went and did what you needed to do, you'd get an egg. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the next step, like that brand, the, the, those, these brands are IP brands, right? And they'll continue to build and they'll continue to do things, whether in the real world or like next NFT projects. And if you're just in that community, I feel like you can kind of just, you know, sort of passively follow along and get access to all these exclusive opportunities that people outside wouldn't. So like what I misunderstood about Moonbirds, right, was I was like, oh, this is just a shitty NFT project. But ultimately, like there was like a whole bunch of work that went in beforehand like to build a community that got whitelisted access, right? It was like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more complex than, than my midwit explanation. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, no, that's well said. That's well said. And like, that's what I think. And if the market has kind of taught people is like you, when you have a, when you have a good project and you just fucking place your trust in them, you know, the, right. the key is that's a good project. Like it's hard to be a 0.1% good project, but the market has taught like, okay, if you just find a good project and you fucking bet big and just have conviction, like it typically pays off, you know, um, like we were talking about it beforehand, but the guys who just held a board ape 
over the past year made like I think now it's now the ape coins even higher. So it's like over, it's, it's over a quarter million dollars in airdrops. It's like insane, dude. You know, it's an incredible salary and they didn't even sell their fucking big, biggest asset. And so uh, obviously that's the outlier. That's the that's the number one, you know, but I think um, I think the markets like started to adjust for that and kind of everybody wants to be early to something. Everybody wants to be at the next board apes you know right um and so people are looking for that and then i think like kevin rose and his team they just they did a good job at like like i think they could be potentially bigger than board apes honestly um i mean that's the thing about thing about board apes which i find so interesting is and, and why there's so much room for competitors to go above and beyond what they've built is think about board apes is that the the brand is actually in my opinion um, not that great in that like board ape holders are caricatured as like pretty basic and cultureless and like maybe like dumb because they keep getting their shit stolen, right? Like it, all things considered, like the culture behind board apes is actually not that desirable, but for whatever reason, the board apes, insofar as they're like a Veblen good that is just like ridiculously overpriced and you can just slap people in the face with how wealthy you are. Like so much of the premium that's caught up in that, that if like, you know, Kevin Rose and, and, and co like if someone builds like a real, like rich, scarce culture that gives you access to real life things. I mean, like you, you could see a brand like vastly eclipsing board apes. Right. And like, yeah, it's so interesting about like particularly which liquid tokens are performing well right now is it's ape and it's stepping. Right. It's like most. <laughs> yeah, dude, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> most so rancid, I mean, I guess they're not meme coins, right? But they're. That is so funny. Hyper I had never thought about speculative, that. Um, without any obvious Step. utility today, right? They just, they, they really, they're, they're sort of axie like Ponzi-nomics. I don't like love that word, but um, I mean, they're the only ones that are green, right? And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, how is Abe ripping this hard? Um, are we are we midwitting it or um <laughs> or is there actually something behind the value of this brand like you saw OpenSea integrated ape as a as a medium of exchange right mm -hmm. yeah so it's like i don't know it, i mean there, there's clearly people are clearly making a bet that those two brands ape being the token of board apes and steppen being the token of the steppen uh walk to earn app like those are absolutely massive um and i was i was on twitter the other day um arguing with this guy at arca who's like a fundamentals dude which i usually appreciate but like i feel like the end game with Steppen, right is um you know does this brand ultimately by bribing people to walk and get tokens does it generate enough data such that the partnerships that could utilize that data are a fundamental at the end of the at the end of the tunnel right so like does step and partner with like, you know, healthcare providers or Whole Foods to give holders discounts? Like that's ultimately the bet you're making with Ape too, right? It's like Ape at some point is going to give me exclusive access to something. Yeah. And now, and today is the Yuga Land. Man, there's so much shit happening in NFTs. That's crazy. But today's the Yuga Land sale. And the land sale. That's right. Yeah, that's right now. And you have to pay or it's, it's in uh, five hours and you have to pay in eight. Yeah. Which I don't know how they're counting that as revenue. Are they going to go dump all the tokens? <laughs> I was like, I, I, that was uh, what I didn't understand. Is that 
is that just everyone knows that that's a huge short opportunity, right? To get their mint, you know, but, but I mean, to go back to what you're saying, I mean, yeah, it's, um, that's interesting because huh? everybody, everybody calls, uh, everybody's like, oh, step in is like, oh, it's a good Ponzi. We're early to, to a new Ponzi and shit. Um, see, you can speak more about seven because I have, I, I, I haven't, uh, done it yet. Um, you try it, right? Yeah. Dude, I think, I feel like the value prop or not the value prop, but the appeal to step in is, it's so simple and, and, and that's, what's beautiful about it. It's like you, you're getting people into crypto, right. And all they have to do is like buy an imaginary sneaker and go outside and walk and then they earn coins, right? Like this is the thing about NFTs, like NFTs are a vehicle that transport nor normies into crypto. Like no normie is going to go and try to figure out DeFi and how to yield farm and like any of that shit because they don't care. Yeah. It's not interesting, right? It's not like, it's not human. But NFTs, that's really human. Walking to earn tokens, that's really very human. So I don't know, like, you know, while these things are like maybe unsustainable, like, they, like Stepan has the potential to bring in like hundreds of millions of people. I mean, the, the sneakers are unaffordable, right? <laughs> Obviously. But like you can rent, there'll be a rental market at some point. It's just, it's so simple that I could see it acting as a bridge that people are underestimating. Is there even like... <clears throat> Are they even trying to act like there's a way that it's sustainable as it is? Or is it just, hey, we're just, you know, putting liquidity behind it from the VCs in hopes that we get enough users and data and like can be can have a revenue model? I don't think there's any. There's no like mental no. gymnastics of, oh, this is how it's sustainable. OK, I mean, I don't I don't think so. Like, I, obviously, I clearly don't know because I doubt the founders would ever say that. Right. It's just like untenable to say that publicly. So they probably have something they say. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, what they're doing is they're also burning. They're burning a lot of step in per day. Right. But Which who's, man. who's buying step in? Well, like you, you, you spend, you spend the, um, the tokens to like repair your shoes and shit. And so like the company's receiving back tokens. Right. And so like they get those tokens and then they burn them on the open market. Right. Or, they receive some revenue in soul from selling sneakers. They swap the soul into step in on the open market and burn it. Right. So like there's this oh, natural man. mechanism that there's like a, there's an, a large incremental buyer in the market. That's not organic, which is by the way, I feel like what ape is probably going to do too. Right. Like you, you said, like, what the fuck are they going to do when they get all this ape for the land? Like if I were them, I would burn it. Yeah. That would make sense for sure. But I, I don't think they, for some reason I, get the i from what i've read it seems like they're not like because they're, i don't know if you saw that thing it, it wasn't really fully confirmed but like it was like supposed to be a pitch deck from yuga it was leaked did you see that no it was yeah it was basically like their their pitch deck and like um they were talking about how they're gonna make so much revenue from minting this land we're, we're gonna sell these fucking idiots some metaverse land you know <laughs> and um and so most people thought it would be an eth but then now it's not. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, there's kind of like, it's kind of obscured, like how it exactly works, but, um, yeah, yeah. it's just funny to think how, th that they can like get away with like making people buy so many damn NFTs and people keep buying them up to these crazy you know. prices, you know? Yeah. Cause like when mutant apes came out, I think there were 2.5 ETH mint for 20,000 of them. Even for, for holders too. I th oh, fuck. I think so, bro. Jeez. I think holders had to pay. I'm pretty sure. 
I don't quote me on that, but they didn't have to pay for the dogs. They didn't have to pay for the mutant or the board kennel club or whatever stupid little. Uh, so, 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 oh, here comes the train. Um, I don't know how loud that is, but <laughs> it's not too loud. Um, all right. So here's a question. So you see this a lot, right? Like you see NFT founders um, really try to extract as much value from the market as humanly possible, right? Like Bored Apes hits the market with the first 10,000 mint. Mutant Apes come along instead of like, I don't know, you know, giving free mints to holders or like keeping the price more affordable, like they're jamming you with 2.5 ETH. And then they keep going, right? And like in some sense, like it's not really right to do that. Like you're taking advantage of people. But at the same time, if the market's willing to bear that, right? Like aren't you just optimizing? Like aren't you just yeah. your capital market strategy per perfectly? I mean, yeah, it's a great point, honestly. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you, where do you come out on it as like someone who like see meets a lot of these founders and see these mints and see how you know fans and Twitter respond? Like, what's the is there is there a line in the sand or what do you think? Oh man, I have so many thoughts on this. So, it, like board apes, it's it's kind of tough because, like you said, it's like the market is telling them like we want to give you all this fucking money. And so is it wrong of them to go, hey, we'll like we're going to charge for because even though those guys minted those, the, which I, again, don't quote me on it. But even if you minted it for one point or two point five, where are they at now? I mean, I think they're being sold for like, bro, they're at 40 ETH floor right now. The mutants, the mutants, the mutants are at 40 floor. Yeah, these are rancid. The, the board apes are already rancid. And oh, yeah. The, I hate sorry, That's why I never bought it, bro. It's terrible. I kept going. I kept trying to convince, make myself buy one of these floor guys, and I never did. I was like, God, it just, I, it looks terrible. Yeah, but they're a hundred thousand dollar floor. So, so yeah, I mean, board, but 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 board apes is the exception, is the thing. So to answer your question, most of the people I talk to, um, I mean, dude, I talk to a lot of NFT projects who are like trying to get started on Solana, and most of them are like literally just a cash grab. Like, I mean. You know, like that's all they want to do is just make some fucking money like easily and or and quickly. Um, and then you know, yeah. So so most people are like that. And so I think that's like and it's in the barrier to entry to start a NFT project is like nothing, you know. Yeah. So that's why I feel jaded about it. But board apes in their example, it's like, man, is it really fucked up of them to ask for more money? I I mean, I don't know. It does take a lot of money to to build a metaverse so yeah we'll i mean it's almost like i don't know if if a founder was overpricing the nft like relative to fundamentals then you know demand should underclip supply right and they shouldn't sell out the mint like if they sell out the mint it's yeah. almost like like, who are you to say that the market doesn't know best, you know? Right, right. I mean, I, I guess it becomes a question of, like, do you want to pass that in, that wealth on to your investors or to yourself, you know, or to the, to the company? And, like, for example, Moonbirds, actually, they their hot mint was extremely, like, one of the most hyped mints, like, of all time was Moonbirds. And 
they were going to do like a Dutch auction and they were, and they had played around with different ideas of starting a Dutch auction at like 20 ETH and having it count down, which is what a lot of these, it's kind of more of a normal practice now for the really like anticipated mints. But then they changed it and they're like, no, we're just doing flat rate of 2.5 ETH and we're going to raffle off who gets on this allow list. And so to me, that was like, they knew they could have raised like triple the money if they wanted to. Like they mm -hmm. easily could have done an eight ETH mint and people would have bought it. I like almost guarantee it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and they would have had all that value. But instead they, you know, they're just passing on the value and they and, and you still get the transaction fee. So that's another thing is like, like Chris is launching Drift token, right? One day. And like, is Chris going to get a fee every time somebody trades the, his actual token? Like, no. But Board Apes does. I mean, they've made like, I, for, I forget. It's a ridiculous amount of money just off the royalties of people trading it. So, well, I mean, the th the, the analogy, right, with with uh, a liquid token is that the founders of the protocol who launched the native token don't get transaction fees when the token is traded, but mm -hmm. the exchange upon which the token is traded, of course, gets transaction fees, right? So, in a sense, like for NF, well, I guess NFTs are a bit different though because you can trade them on an exchange and still divert some of the exchange fees to the founders. Right. Like, as opposed to like with, with like SMBs or that's a bad example. Well, I guess it's a good, or, or like D gods, right? Like D gods is a magic Eden thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. some of the magic Eden fees go to D gods holders. Right. No, no. I thought there was, the, I thought there so was magic. Oh, of, so Magic Eden takes their 2% and then the project takes their artist royalties. Do you mean that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so in so it's becoming more normal now for for the artist royalties to to have to go into like some type of community treasury or something yeah. like that. Um which I think D Gods does. And D Gods by the way has a fucking crazy one. It's just 10% fee of every sale. It's like I I like can't believe no one not more people talk about it, but mm. um that's a whole other thing. That's that's another trend in Solano we've seen more lately. Bro, they're let's, raising them. Let's talk about. Um, I, I feel like this part of the NFT market, you know, might be the section that you traffic the least. It's like the Nifty Gateway section of the world. Have you heard mm -hmm. of Octopars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like another like very anticipated mint, right? Like Micah Johnson, like ex baseball player fucking huge has like partnerships with puma um they're gonna make a fucking movie like the ip is gonna pop off i shit you not dude a year ago my mom started buying aku she started buying chapters on nifty gateway because she just loved the art and she gained enough she bought uh, three chapters and then sam and i bought her one for uh, for christmas so she had four chapters which gave her two whitelists for the akutars I feel no. like this shit, like, like if you're talking about brands that can appeal like to the masses and like a really yeah. interesting story and narrative, like I feel like this is the sort of shit that like you can build like a legitimate brand culture and metaverse around. Yeah, this is um this guy who uh, does this Twitter space. I, I listen to he um he loves these and he hit it huge on these. He had been talking about them for like like since Nifty Gateway. I want to see uh, what's his name, Michael Johnson. Now, dude, maybe you told me about this a while ago because I was like, I, I always thought it sounded familiar. Is it There's just like that? Um, no, go to go to go to the artist to the right. You see it there, the second column. 
Yeah, no, no, left. Right there. That's him. Um, yeah, so you did the George Floyds, but keep going down. Oh, this is like chapter three. He's got he's got one um, his his most sort of famous or like well known chapter. Keep keep going down. Um, is the one on the subway. Like you'll see it. Um, I can't remember what chapter it is. Uh, there's, there's no more. So let's see chapter six. This is all of them. I think five. No, yeah. two, three. I don't know which one it is. But anyway, um, but they they fucked up the mint. By the way, I mean there was a shitload of ETH stolen. Really? Yeah, I think thirty-five million got rugged. Holy uh, shit! Bro. But I mean, what they did, which was dope, is I mean they they've been selling you know like all of these chapters right with with Aku in them, and so there's a there's a project treasury, and the Akutars were launched. Like existing chapter holders got whitelist. They sold the Akus in a, in a Dutch auction. I think that the average was like two ETH, and then thirty-five mil was rugged. But they refunded everyone with the project treasury, which is just like what you do, right? Damn. And, and to like to an extent, what that what that basically says, I feel like to the market is like we're in the shit for the long term, right? Like we know there's enough long term value in this project that it's the obvious choice to refund everyone today in the short term rather than not do that. Which to an extent, like my um, you know uninitiated mind, if I had to condense nft investing like very broadly down to like a very simple um um like north star it would be who which of these builders are in it for the long term right yeah i mean that's that's such a bullish signal to the market i didn't know that they did that yeah exactly i didn't know that happened you're just like i I believe in the shit so much that yeah 35 million I mean, it's kind of like what the um, what Jump did with Wormhole, right? Right. They're just like, which was crazy. Yeah. How much was that? That was like four hundred million. Yeah, I think it was six hundred. This is so crazy (laughs) to think that they had. I mean, ah, this is crazy, man. I mean, can you imagine though, in hindsight, if they hadn't done that, and like, like the link between ETH and Soul was just like solid. Oh yeah. There's been a lot of bridge hacks, man. Right? There's the then the Ronin one was was huge too. There was dude. There was there was two today. So Rari, the, the fuse a fuse pool, a bunch of fuse pools got hacked for like eighty million on Rari. God damn. And I and the compound that. fork I think got drained for eighty million today. Dude, I, f- I feel like it's getting it goes in waves, but like right now it's definitely pretty ugly on the um, on the security front. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, bro. Yeah, it's a mess, bro. I mean, this is this is part of why, like, you know, sometimes when you know the regulators are knocking, they're like, "Oh, we gotta protect the consumers." It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On days yeah. like, kind of feel you. Yeah, it's so true, dude. And then it also just makes me doubt, like, oh man, like, is it just because it's still it's still early, kind of, or is it like, fuck, is this could this ever work, you know? But. Um, like, could this ever have like uh, substantial financial activity on it? Like, as a portion of the world's right. financial activity, right? Um, it makes me like question that. But, dude, the um, okay, so we kind of talked about that. Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, for NFTs is um, this the fucking the okay bears. Well, here, let me. Oh, I'm so hyped to talk about Jewel. 
<laughs> oh yeah, the and then the jewel, the jewel fud. Yeah. Um, I was digging into that today. I was like, oh my god. I still have a good amount invested in that fucking Ponzi game. Not only in, not only invested, but locked up now. Uh, well, not locked, but I just have it in the heroes, which is like their NFT. It's like so illiquid, you know. There's just I don't even want to check if the prices. I'm like, man, it, I don't think I could even sell my position right now if I wanted to. Um, so, but uh, yeah, dude. So this mint, okay, bears, basically. Uh, just completely unprecedented volume and uh, price for a tent for a collection on Solana, like ever. And so uh, they've done 530,000 volume in, I think, just what, three days? One, two, three. Yeah. This is the fourth day of uh, uh, like, this was their mint day, the 27th. So they did about 200,000 um, soul volume on their mint day, which is. To put it in perspective, most projects, like I'm trying to think of like a hyped project that was recent, they might do 20,000, you know? So they did like, uh, like, let's look at, you know, let's look at like, let's look at D Gods, the top project. They've already done more volume than D Gods ever in, in fucking good. three days. I don't really. What's what's the deal with that? What do you reckon? Like, why 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 OK Bears? Well, it's is a good it question. just is it just like self fulfilling, right? Like, I remember hearing you and and um, Triple M on your Twitter spaces. <laughs> yeah, Triple, Triple M was like most hyped mint of the year, and I was like, all right, yeah. I think that is a fact, right? But then, like, if everyone thinks it's the most hyped mint of the year, then like it'll be the most hyped mint, and it'll sort of, sort of self fulfill, right? And then there'll be volume. And all of a sudden, you're like, why was there volume? And everyone was like, because there was volume, because it was hyped. Yeah, yeah, because it was the most hyped man. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it definitely is because so like there's there's things about this that are different than other projects, but not as different as this, the analytics, you know? So like they're like this website, it's simple, but it's I mean, it's just better than like 99% of Solana NFT websites or really any NFT websites. It's just, it has like some thought and detail into it. Their, their roadmap isn't, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily unique, but you can tell that it's like a very, like, it's all focused on the branding. Oh, we're going to, you know, partner with Magic Eden. We're doing token gated Shopify site, whatever. A lot of this stuff is, again, this is similar to other projects, but like they honestly just make it sound better in their shit when mm. other projects put it. So there's kind of it had this feeling of okay this is premium, um, then you know the art is like extremely inspired by board apes, um, and I would argue it's like even more brand friendly than board apes. Like there's none of them that are smoking a cigarette or like you know they don't look angry. Like they just look like chill and whatever. They look okay. That's like their whole brand. It's a <laughs> it's about just being like fucking normal you know yeah um and i think that that struck a chord with people and then when they came out uh the price moved up so quickly so again like for frame of reference i literally two or three months ago so that this is a 10k supply two or three months ago people were saying i will not touch something with a 10k supply like it was considered like oh there's just not enough demand on solana to do a 10k supply um and so you know 
but for something with a 10k supply like i, I think the all-time like highest that we saw was with a rory where it went to like a 50 soul floor the first day and this quickly this on the first day uh went to over 100 and then it went to 180 um i think the next morning like within the first 24 hours it went to 180 soul which is 18k which is just like it's just insane it literally made me like i was telling you before like it just made me question a lot of what i thought i knew about the solana nft market yeah um yeah and i guess i didn't fully answer your question but the one it was just a perfect storm so it's hyped magic eden endorsement blah 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 you know good branding the volume starts taking off and then in that first day it almost you would think it almost seemed coordinated but it's just kind of how the nft market works it's like a pretty small circle a bunch of these big ethereum nft like whales bought okay bears and bought a bunch of them and we're talking about it and like oh my god this is you know the coolest thing i've seen since board apes everyone was like this is the next board apes this is the next board apes so it just kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy and like you know it's still holding 10k floor uh, 100 soul floor which is like insane yeah i mean that's interesting i mean they, they definitely to your point about them being just okay right they're 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 um they're inoffensive right like they're likable exactly i mean i feel like that that is a nice piece like if the base if the kind of the base uh skeleton is kind of likable and appealing and you could envision it being your profile picture i mean i feel like that's another thing right like when you think about like a human who might buy this like many want to buy it so they can flip it but many want to buy it so hopefully if it appreciates they'll have it as their profile picture so it's like can this thing reasonably be a mask for me? And like how many people are sitting in those shoes? Like what is your market of folks that think an okay bear is something that could reasonably be their identity in social media? And like in a sense, like having something average in middle ground and inoffensive is almost the perfect thing for your town. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's well said. There's Kind of like what you said about Aku, where it's like your mom was buying it. She thought it was cool. This had a similar effect where like people who aren't into NFTs at all were like, oh, that it like strikes a chord with me. Something about the facial expression and the very like normal ass clothing. You know, it doesn't, there's nothing super crazy about most of the traits. Um, the other thing I'll say that you just made me think of when you mentioned a profile picture is that this, so this is this really cool website, NFT Inspect, and it like, tracks people's profile pictures on Twitter and um, they do this really cool analysis around it. But this had like unforce, uh, it was, what am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, no one had seen something happen like this before where so many like Solana OG guys, like who are like either have a lot of followings or they've been around a long time or the combination of both. So, so many of them changed their profile picture to the bear on the first day, which is like most people like they kind of will have a, uh an identity that's attached to their profile like that's the idea of it right so like a lot of these guys like they won't change it that often um and this one just had i mean all these guys have like huge followings you know like function is what hundred thousand you know of these, of, these guys 50, who, of these guys who don't change their profile picture frequently typically what is it what does it rest on what is their profile picture is it like an smb of these guys this guy had a dgna uh, I actually don't follow a lot of these guys because a lot of them are fucking annoying. 
<laughs> but uh, okay. like so, so but NFT Inspect did a did a, a breakdown of who, what were people changing their profile picture from the most to go to the to the bears, and it was um, the cats on crack. Interesting. This one. Yeah. Funny because these just had this parabolic rise that everyone was doubting them and they just kept ripping. Um, so and then there was a lot of hate from the this community of people. Oh, you guys aren't loyal, you know, <laughs> whatever. You're changing your you're changing your picture. Um it's like, bro, wake up, you know, play the game. Yeah, I know. I was just like, man, that's <laughs> that's it, like that level of cope is like insane to me, you know. Dude, it, it reminds me of so the fact that like folks that own one nft project will like fud another nft project when loyal holders move on to the next ponzi right mm -hmm. which is like really they're just like fudding they're calling you disloyal because you're exiting the project fucks up the price right right it's kind of like so i i posted this on um or actually haven't posted it yet but i intend to post something um, of this nature on the maker forums. Like it's kind of the same thing you see in crypto when people call other projects de are too centralized, right? It's like, you know, projects are competing, right? And decentralization has become like this, like, you know, this sanctimonious value that everyone should have, right? But then ultimately what you see is when one project calls a competitor too centralized, you know, they're effectively trying to get people to defect for the competitor and give them, you know, come back to them and give them credit. Um, and I feel like you see that a lot in like crypto because of how adversarial it is, right? Like people are masking, you know, they mask, um, they, they kind of lie about their, um, I don't know, they lie about their intentions about why something is undesirable. I didn't realize I was muted. I was just cracking up. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy, dude. And it, it's also just like it's just tribalism is so crazy to me because it's like, okay, dude, NFTs are like a very niche thing. Like I know it feels like oh, like they're big and all these guys are becoming millionaires, but like, dude, it's incredibly this niche interest of a niche. It's a niche of crypto, which is its own little niche of the culture. And then in NFTs, Solana NFTs are a tinier niche. So it's like we should be together on all these levels. Crypto right. people should be together. NFT people should be together. Solana NFT people should be together. But no, it's like, no, we have to be mad that this guy likes the monkey more than the ape. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's just it's just insane to me, dude. And, yeah. and like the, the, the mental gymnastics will draw these conclusions about it and. But I, I think that's part of why people like it. It's it's like um, I read this really good article you'd like it where he's guys comparing NFTs to uh, night the nightclub scene and how it's like there's kind of all these different types of like um, participants and it's it's really like to create this illusion of this like exclusive exciting thing or to literally make this like exclusive exciting thing where most of the money is coming from like these super rich people. And the rest of it is kind of like a spectacle to make the rich people want to participate in that like nightclub, which is like that collection. Right. Um, and I thought, it was, I thought it was super interesting. Like it's just all kind of like manufactured and everyone's like playing their part. Like the guy who like is trying to FOMO in and like buy the buy the OK bear, but he can't afford it. He's like, oh, like that guy is important to the whale who has 100 bears. He's like, haha, like, you know, it makes him feel better that he has all these fucking JPEGs, you know? 
Um, Dude, it's, it's actually uh, the the nightclub analogy. I think is interesting and like brings up like a broader point about um, like how strong the tribalism and network effects are in crypto. Like the nightclub example, right? Like you have a nightclub, and um, you know everyone wants to feel like they're part of the exclusivity of that experience, right? And like each player adds something to create like this broader performance that then projects something to the, to the broader world that people want to be a part of. But the thing is, all of the participants other than the owners, they don't own any of the financial upside in the club. Yeah, exactly. With crypto, right, it's like you have those same factors at play and the same network effect, except every stakeholder has a financial stake. Yeah, so and, the, and the guy waiting outside the club can become like the whale in a day. You know exactly. what I mean? And that like, makes it like, that makes yeah. You see you see those Cinderella stories every single day, and everyone knows they could make it if they play their cards right, right? Yeah. And so yeah, like dude. there's an existing amount of tribalism around like a company, like you know, Elon Musk fanboys, or a product, or a city, or a nightclub. Take that degree of order of magnitude more in crypto, right? Yes, bro. And yes, it's well said. And he outlined some of this stuff, like a couple of the other good points he made were that in like in like the nightclub scene, if you're like this like 55 year old, like single guy and you're like dancing with like the 20 year old college girl, it's like she might be making the guy feel weird. But like everyone in the club is like, dude, this is fucking cringe. And like, this is weird as fuck, you know. But in NFTs, that's not really the case. You know, like you don't like you're you don't have to disclose your gender, your age your nationality like a lot of guys don't even barely even speak english but you wouldn't know you know um and that makes it more accessible and like more you know it just makes it more fluid like where you can kind of be whatever you want and this is something you point out to me about the metaverse like early on which yeah which i thought was a cool idea like it helps for people who are like it's just not as uh outgoing Um, yeah i mean i and it's it's actually nice that we had come around to that point because like that's one of the more, um, you know, hopeful and rosy parts about what I think like crypto economic systems can build. Right. Or like even not crypto economic systems, but just like with the metaverse and gaming and like socializing in cyberspace becoming more normalized is like in its best sense, like it's inclusionary. Right. And to the extent that you demonstrate good ideas or you can contribute, that's really all people care about because literally your identity online is a picture of a cat right no one knows your gender no one knows where you're from so if you can contribute something great like you're in like hop in right um but then on the flip side you know you know tribalism about very very expensive nfts can also get like pretty vicious yeah 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 so there's just kind of like amplified i guess um but um Dude, I want to have time to talk about your stuff too, because I there's also and uh, so we we can talk about the jewel if you want, but or we let's, can skip past it. Let's skip jewel. <laughs> Good. Like, like it's, it's painful. Yeah, you know? Exactly. I thought about it enough. I'll save you from the torture. <laughs> so uh, you had uh yeah BlackRock to manage USDC uh, circles reserves. Yeah. So. So I, I was talking to someone the other day um, and, you know, they were effectively like, like, teach, like what, what's going on with liquid tokens? Like, why is nothing performing well? 
And I feel like what's kind of interesting about the phase we're in, and it's not a novel idea, right? But it's in bear markets where you kind of see if actual underlying progress is being made, right? If like people are continuing to lay the pipes, if like legitimacy of crypto more broadly is continuing to improve. And if you see that steady uptrend in fundamentals and legitim legitimacy, then ultimately what you know is at some point, like the tokens will come back into favor, right? And I feel like there's some very basic things that I don't hear people talking about that much, mainly because tokens are down, but that demonstrate the fact that like we are progressing day in, day out. Um, and I think the most obvious one is really that um, BlackRock has signed on to be the exclusive manager of USDC's reserves. So USDC, um, obviously centralized stablecoin um, issued by Circle, backed one-to-one -one by dollars, but it's actually not dollars that they keep it in. They don't keep dollars, inert dollars in a bank account. They invest in short-term treasuries, U.S. treasuries, like the you know the safest credit on earth. The thing about that credit is you can't just buy an ETF, right? Like you can't be completely passive. You need an active strategy to manage that liquidity. And so there are a variety of money managers that do this for a living. Um, but historically, those money managers don't necessarily want to be associated with a crypto entity, right? There's too much risk to their existing clientele. What you're seeing is the best or one of the best money managers in the world, BlackRock, signing on exclusively to manage USDC reserves, inextricably linking its brand to USDC. Absolutely massive for legitimacy and adoption. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what, what you're increasingly going to see is um, partnerships like, you know, we've been talking about since the beginning, institutions are coming, right? It turns out the institutions never came. Now in the bear market, what's happening? The institutions are coming, right? Fascinating dynamic. They're not really buying BTC and ETH but they're actually plugging into the infrastructure of crypto itself. They're building it into their core business. Um, and I think you'll, you'll start to see more of that, um, you know, at, 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 at Maker um, and at, at UST, right? Those are other stable coins in the ecosystem. I would not be surprised if in the coming months you see large partnerships, um, you know, sort of coming out of those. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it's a really good point. And there's been so much, uh, you know, doubt around state around, around stable coins, like centralized or otherwise. Um, I never thought about that. It's just like the, the, the legitimacy it brings. And it's probably a pretty good sign that like the government's not going to be fucking with circle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that, that's a, that's a great point, right? Like one of the biggest hurdles for crypto to move forward, whether it's, you know, integrating with institutions or gaining mainstream adoption or whatever is just like this specter of regulatory scrutiny that, you know, exists just just a fog. Um, and the fact that BlackRock, you know, publicly traded stock with a lot to lose has taken on this exclusive agreement to plug directly into crypto, I think says about all you need to know about where crypto is vis-a-vis -vis legitimacy in the real world. Yeah. Um, same same kind of note. Another interesting thing that happened this week um, is Stripe, um, which um, is a payments company primarily for businesses, um, integrated USDC um, via Polygon. Um, and that's another interesting bit, right? Like we've been talking about 
crypto transforming payment rails for a long time, but you see very, very little activity of it actually doing so, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've been talking about remittances for a while, the fact that that market is ripe for disruption hasn't really been disrupted, right? But with the sort of genesis of things like Solana Pay and, you know, Polygon USDC on Stripe, you're finally seeing, um, you know, DeFi plug directly into the rails that allow people to buy not just NFTs and liquid tokens, the stables, but like their day-to-day -day transactions. And on like Ethereum mainnet, like no one in their right mind would use, you know, DAI or USDC on Ethereum mainnet to pay for anything because, you know, for small, for small payments, the gas you would pay vastly outpaces um, the price of the, the product or the service you're paying for. Mm -hmm. But on side chains like Polygon or, you know, on Solana where, you know, the fee environment is much, much lower, all you really need is for these, you know, these, these payment rails, the Venmos, the cash apps, the Stripe, the squares to integrate these these services and then you shouldn't really have a problem and i, and I think the the zero to one here honestly is um you know you know people futters will say why would i need to pay in stables if i just have a credit card um and the answer that lies in um the monopoly that visa and, and mastercard have over payments like when you go and pay for something at a store there's something called a merchant uh, a merchant acquirer um, and I think that can be the credit card company themselves, or that can be a middleman. And that middleman basically charges the merchant two or 3% to process that transaction because either the merchant inquirer or the credit card company, they own the ledger upon which that transaction is done. So Visa and MasterCard, they're basically like an L2 on Swift, right? On like US dollar rent. What you're basically saying is, no, 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 we're not using this private ledger that these two payment companies have a monopoly on. Instead, we're using USDC on Polygon, right? A more decentralized, cheaper ledger to get that payment done, which I think is is probably pretty interesting for mainstream adoption as well. Yeah. And so what's like a, I mean, in that, in, in what you outlined there is Stripe, isn't the the middleman like they're they're just taking them they're they would presumably be taking much less of a fee or is would it still be a scenario where they are taking two or three percent i mean yeah it's a good question that's a good question i mean you would you would think out of the gate right to be competitive they would keep yeah. the fee super low but like i mean it's a good point in the limit would they not just converge upon the same shit um yeah it, it's interesting too because there's also um i mean this is not super recent but solana pay was launched by like Solana Labs, I think, right? And um, basically made it, from what I could tell, pretty accessible for, for merchants to accept USDC for anything. And it like automatically so it puts into some interest bearing account, like, which like sounded kind of sketchy to me. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, this is, it's crazy because it is during, it's in, a, it's in a bear market, but all these things, like, it's just, it's kind of giving crypto more legs to stand on, you know, um, definitely because it, it can so often feel like vaporware, especially in a bear market where you start to realize like, holy shit, this DeFi kingdoms thing, you know, <laughs> what the fuck was it? Um, yeah. but, uh, stuff like this is like, okay, yeah, this is, uh, this could really change the way that like a core business function is done, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see. And like, 
like as a as a market participant as well like on some days where you know btc has just been fucking ranging for two months you're like Jesus yeah. Christ, can like can we like get some some juice like you see things like this and you're like like things are changing right like like the plates are shifting underneath our feet like things are getting realer progress is being made legitimacy is occurring like you got to just be in this for the long term and hold shit that you want to be holding long term and I think it's pretty much all good. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, last thing, I think the least significant, but um, another piece that's pretty huge, uh, Fidelity, um, one of the biggest um, money managers in the world as well, um, have a variety of retirement plans that allow people to, um, either on a discretionary or non-discretionary basis, invest in assets. Um, they just added, uh, or they they have plans to add BTC. So if you think about, um, you know, the premise of buying Bitcoin today, you have your model of the world of who the marginal buyers of that Bitcoin might be. And, you know, the, the, the upward price pressure that those group of buyers put on BTC. Now you can basically just add like this massive incremental buyer that's on the horizon in these fidelity retirement plans, which is also massive. Yeah, um, I, I'm honestly surprised. I think it's just because the like tech stocks, I mean, are, are down so much. But I'm surprised that this hasn't moved the price more. Someone brought up an interesting point. Um, this guy, uh, Alex Kruger. Do you know who that is on Twitter? Kruger no. Macro. No. He's really good. But he was. Uh, I, I hadn't like looked at it, but Bitcoin is down. Bitcoin is so far this year, like on a high time frame, outperformed. The Nasdaq, yeah, yeah. Um, by by four or five percent, right? Right, yeah. Like it's not in it's it's somewhat significant, and um, that's pretty crazy, dude. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's it's, it's sure. just not noticeable because we're not like mooning to like a hundred k and it, oh, Bitcoin's the future. But right. but that's that's pretty. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Is that like evidence of oh, this it, this actually is becoming more of a store value like safe haven asset i mean what i think is interesting is like btc and eth have uh fared pretty similarly against the nasdaq right and so i don't think you can tease out btc's performance as being an indicator that people are buying btc increasingly as an inflation and volatility hedge right because it's not it's not necessarily performing differently than the beta of crypto and, and i'm just I'm, I'm saying ethereum is, is beta um, what I do think it says, though, is that um, a larger portion of investors than we'd expected are comfortable holding um, blue chip crypto when um, the world is kind of shitting itself, right? When there's a risk off environment, when inflation is high, when rates are rising and anticipated to rise even more. Um, people don't want to hold the overpriced stuff that sits in the S&P and NASDAQ. You're seeing sell-offs in private markets, like a bunch of, a bunch of private companies are taking down rounds, right? Like risk assets are getting wrecked. But what you're seeing is people are comfortable, even in a bear market, holding on to the fundamentals of good crypto, which um, is pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. Because um, honestly, I've been... I, I, I'm wait. Can you not? Oh, you can't see my screen, huh? Oops. 
No. I was just going to pull up the both charts. There we go. Oh, why is it tweaking out? Hold on a second. Sorry, bro. You're good, fam. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I'm sometimes like really doubtful of the whole like, oh, it's a, uh, you know, like like I, I I always try to like be realistic, you know, and be like, okay, if Bitcoin went to 10k, like, am I am I like okay with that? Like, what would happen to me? Like, what happened to the, what I, what I'm holding? Cause I don't even hold Bitcoin, you know. Um, and uh, and some guys in my Discord that I like banter with a lot, they're like, you know, one of them was saying to me recently, like, oh, that you know the hope is like oh if the if the stock market um sells off more that that bitcoin becomes the the, the bitcoin becomes like the the store value asset and, and people realize that and i was telling them like well is there any evidence to suggest that that would happen and now there's some evidence i mean it's not it's not like evidence that people are selling their stocks to buy bitcoin but it's i mean people aren't selling bitcoin as much as they're selling their stocks right i guess that's right. and that's uh here, where's let me look at the or 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 it means that there's more there's more buying of bitcoin than there is of stock yeah yeah so where's the beginning it's like the yearly open stock market's down 21 or sorry nasdaq and then bitcoin's yearly open it's and like right around here. Goblin, dude. you're just you're just dan you're dancing on the, on the charts it's like right here i think but no, that can't be it. But it's something I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the bottom of this candle. I have to get the exact date. But it's less, <laughs> right? I think that's what it is. I think it's eighteen percent. If I go down 18%, the exact day, eighteen percent on on Nasdaq or Bitcoin? On Bitcoin, because yeah, here's January first. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, that was the yearly open. That's yeah, forty six too. Um, so it's down seventeen. And like, this is down 20. What I what I think is also increasingly becoming the case is like all of these like very sanctimonious arguments about how like reckless and volatile crypto is, like they're they're being dismantled because of what's happening in the equities markets. Like yeah. people have seen stocks like DocuSign. DocuSign is behaving like a shit coin. Like DocuSign and the or synthetic like, chart look the same. <laughs> yeah. What's DocuSign? Uh, let's see. Like check check the DocuSign chart. I mean, maybe it's done better recently, but oh, yeah. <laughs> look at this gap. Oh my god! Look at that. Holy shit, bro! Is this I mean, a that's, weekend that's, gap? That's, that's a, that's this is the earnings a... report, and then it gapped after. Jeez, it jabbed thirty two percent. Jesus fucking. God. This is this is a shit. This is a shit coin. This right? is almost more scary because of the like the no trading after hours shit, you know, because trading closes and it just opens. Dope. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's an, that's another thing right like you're seeing that you're seeing that limit down on earnings right like a problem yeah. with public markets is they're not actually public there's no transparency into the underlying financials of the company like you do not have regular updates into what is happening yeah. whereas like if you look at crypto like a lot of the stuff is on chain right like you can on a second to second basis see what revenue is coming in see which wallets are holding like you get insight into stuff I feel like in this bear market, what's really interesting is you're seeing a lot of these arguments about how immature, reckless, volatile crypto is kind of start to erode as you see equities and like other more institutional assets fall apart. Yeah. 
damn, bro. It's pretty, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, man. We could be, we could be looking at really like a, a paradigm shift. And I and honestly, I've been so, uh, distracted with NFTs and my fucking NFT project that I haven't really like taken the time to think about it, uh, at a high level. And like, it's definitely crazy. I mean, cause, cause what happens, you know, will we see, will we see more alpha with Bitcoin on the upside? Like what if we reverse here at the, at the you know, last year's, um, yearly open, like, uh, is, I mean, what happens with Bitcoin then, you know, the relative strength has been showing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like when, when I have conversations like this and like there's discussion of like the fundamentals of crypto relative to the fundamentals of equities over the last few months, even though we're in this like shitty like limp price action, like I'm just so confident, you know? Yeah. Like what, where else, where else, where else are you going to put your money? You can't have it in cash, right? Cash is on fire at 8% a year, right? Like, Real estate's great as a part of our portfolio, but it's a pain in the ass. Equities are getting murked, you know? Like, it's been really easy for a long time to be an investor. All you do is buy a thing that's scarce, Fed pumps liquidity in, you do well. Now we're going into a situation where volatility is high, inflation is high, and assets are shitting themselves. So it's like, conditions aren't good. What do you want to hold? And like, always the answer is crypto. Yeah. Yeah, dude, man, you're making me, yeah, you're right. I think you're all right. Possibly. There's such cool stuff happening for a bear market, you know, for a bear market, you know, whatever. Yeah. Is it really? Speaking of cool stuff happening, dude, the Cyber Samurai, unreal. Dude, you're just making a Pumping. fucking go of it, lad. Pumping, dude. i uh pretty hyped about it. I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect it this early. <laughs> I, I expected it i expected it <laughs> i thought it would happen like after we've done more stuff but i guess we've already done some stuff and what do nft projects i mean not to be cynical but a lot of projects barely do anything and they're crazy so yeah it's kind of a weird market but yeah i'm hyped about it i'm hyped about it all right dude you got anything else you want to talk about um i think that's it bro yeah. I'm still trying to get this fucking wormhole done so I can <laughs> buy this damn monkey if it's still around. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy that it's taking me this long. But, yeah. Um, I think that's it, bro. This was cool. All right, we're good. Um, was, I feel like we got a good, we got a good split between uh, your, your expertise and what I claim mine is. Yeah. It was good. I, I enjoyed it because it just gave me like a like a firsthand look at, at some of the stuff that honestly, like I had seen the articles, but I hadn't even read anything. I hadn't really been paying attention to it. And I, um, it's just really, it's just bullish, man. It's bullish cosmos. Cosmos, <laughs> Yeah. Bullish link. Maybe even link too. Uh, it's bullish for, for link. Hey, the institutions are coming, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, bro. All right, bro. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a good night. Peace, Peace. brother. How do I end this? Oh, there we go.